and gentlemen, hello. I hope everybody's doing really good. My name is Sean. This is Weekly Games Chat. It's a podcast about video games, and it happens to be episode 422. And, and listen, we are the world's greatest podcast uh, as it relates to anything video games, to be honest. Let's just let's just be honest. Uh, shout out to everybody who happens to also watch us on twitch.tv. Uh, you guys already know that all you got to do is either uh, search for Weekly Games Chat or just hit that follow button, and you never have to worry about it again. For those of you who don't, any device you have, you can simply watch this show be recorded. And, of course, we do that the day before the podcast releases, uh, which usually is a Tuesday. There are no John this week. He's on PTO. And, yes, HR is monitoring that usage to make sure he has not gone over for potential repercussions and whatnot and things and whatnot, 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 whatnot. Um, but, yeah, let's let's welcome Chris to the show. And, uh yeah, let's kind of get this thing going a little better than it is right now, huh? Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? I, actually, I didn't see you today. I remember look- last night we were hanging out, and I was like, I mean, I'll see you tomorrow. And you're like, you're not going to see me tomorrow. <laughs> I have meetings <laughs> everywhere. I actually Did stared. You? I walked down to the cafe to get lunch, and I stared at your uh, the entrance to your area because, you know, you guys have the gall to put up a banner announcing where you're at. Well, because we have like a an enclave entrance it's weird enclave yeah it's like a little i don't know a better word for it but it it is it's a thing (laughs) yeah it's like we're here if you need us where all the stuff is that you need but yeah work was so worky today i don't i don't know how to explain it other than that but i was um i was thinking during that intro i was like you know i felt a lot less pressure when he introduced us as the world's most okayest podcast yeah that was back in the day we are now the greatest <laughs> podcast uh in the world about video games though, too so much fine. pressure too much pressure. it's fine uh yeah john's not here it's just chris and myself and this is the intro part of the show where we kind of do what we're doing now and and letting you get settled in and and you know you know how it is like when you you get to a place you find your seat you settle in and you wait for the thing to start um yeah we, we're just happy to be a part of your day for real uh chris Will you remind everybody what uh, at the end of, so this is a college football related setup here, guys and gals, okay? So at the end of, uh, for Alabama, the end of their game last week, they had 24 hours to celebrate beating Arkansas in the way that they did, if you want to call it beating them or whatever. (laughs) Surviving Uh, them. (laughs) Surviving. Uh, But on Sunday, it starts the official uh what chris uh i hate tennessee week that's true (laughs) in fact for me it started as i left the house went to the bar with jeff and watched tennessee playing texas a&m and just consistently tore into how much i hate tennessee everything i hate i hate their stupid colors i hate that stupid song rocky top the hell's a rocky top no one knows what that is (laughs) Why don't you have something? Rocky Top Tennessee. Uh, No, I hate the fact that they (laughs) come out in that stupid T. I hate Peyton Manning's forehead. (laughs) (laughs) I hate Philip Fulmer. I hate. Oh, no. I I hate Jalen Hyatt. (laughs) Joe uh, Milton. And uh, I only have one goal this year, and it's revenge. That's all I want. Well, that. (laughs) <laughs> they so in terms of recent memory and football last year Alabama traveled up to uh Tennessee and and they lost on a last second field goal 
Oh, and you talk about in a rivalry game, which this is, um, the pain that one side feels while the other side is feeling the complete opposite in joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then and then it set up. It, it just was. It was terrible. Uh, I think at that point, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama had won something like in the teens in a row. Yeah, and you they know, did. the difference between us and them is back when Saban first came and we finally beat them with the uh, the field goal block. Yeah. Did we, did we storm a field that day? No. 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 We just no. said, yeah, this is what we expect. This is standard. Yeah. Even, even after years of mediocrity. Yeah. I mean. The, there's still no rush in the field. You just sometimes you have to act like you've been there before. That's all I'm asking. And I know it's Ooh. been, I know <laughs> Sprinter for, for Tennessee championship football is from a different century for them. But act like you've been there before. Well, I don't know if I've said this story on the show before, but I once attended a uh, Alabama versus Tennessee football game in Tuscaloosa. And this particular edition of the game went to five overtimes mm. in college football. And the result was a Tennessee victory in Tuscaloosa. And what that means as a fan who attended, I need to put this in perspective for you. You don't just cut off the TV and then walk to your kitchen. No. You have to exit the stadium with the joy of a team that just won and the silence and madness and irritation of the fan base that lost. Yeah. However, as Chris pointed out, the Tennessee uh, marching band continued to play Rocky Top over and over and over again after the win. And the fans also know that song word for word. Those fans also walk to the same parking lot as the other fans who are not as happy. So on my entire trek back to the car, it was just Rocky Top over and over and over and 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 that's that's going to be always in my memory and and when you're on this side of the rivalry that's why when you win it's so much sweeter but yeah college football you know it's in full effect yeah it uh, is. <laughs> uh there were some good games last week uh some undefeated teams are no longer undefeated uh if you're a Georgia fan right now hey man good uh, luck <laughs> good luck bro uh you know, the, I heard somebody the other day say Georgia doesn't play anybody, and I'm thinking they play uh, Tennessee, so do we. Don't say that. <laughs> they play Kentucky, so do we. Don't say that. Um, they play Old Miss, so do we. <laughs> it's just it's different because they're it, it is what it is, but it's fun. Whoever you root for, hey man, have fun with it because before we know it, it'll be over with. And I'm seeing in chat, uh, and yeah, this is our boy Acid Sugar. You know that name by now. Acid's in the northeast of the United States, and of course, when you're up that way. Uh, you have a chance to probably be a Patriots fan, Ugh. as Asset is, and uh, oh no, oof, <laughs> oof. Uh, speaking of undefeated teams, just to give you guys a reminder, the NFL had two undefeated teams entering Week Six, and they both lost unexpectedly to teams they had no business losing to. Uh, one could argue though that both the teams that Forty ers played Cleveland, Cleveland's defense superb mm-hmm. uh played a really good game and the eagles led by uh jalen hurts undefeated lost to uh J-E-T. the jets 
Yeah, the JET. That was a big win for the Jets. Uh, now, wasn't that the game Aaron Rodgers also uh, was throwing on the sideline with no crutches? Yeah. I mean, if that man comes back from an Achilles tear, that's going to be crazy. Uh, but yeah, it is It is officially fun times in football land, and, and I can't wait to see who comes out. Hopefully the Crimson and White beat the, uh, the, the Tennessee Orange this weekend. We'll see. But we'd love to, of course, hear from you anytime we talk about sports, if you've got a team. Uh, I always find that there is a parallel, at least to some degree, that if you're a gamer, you, you probably either like sports as well, right? Or you were in a house and you chose gaming because you hated sports. But either way, you have a take on it. So hmm. uh, whatever that is. Hey, speaking of takes, oh, uh, the whole world has a take, I'm sure, about Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, and uh and all the attention she's been getting mm-hmm. uh you know of course she she made Travis Kelsey famous uh from you know the Kansas City Chiefs she <laughs> that's the TikTok trend that is hilarious by the way just just search that but uh so this week I was a Swifty and I'll say it proudly in my family before Tinley was born I liked early Taylor Swift stuff and mm-hmm. I remember trying to show my wife your wife, um, you know, I was like, "Hey, I think she, this girl's got something." I don't know how to explain it. She didn't like her at all, you know. And mm. and there was a couple catchy tunes from back then. I personally love when you have an artist that switches, switches their sound up. Sure, uh, I love that. And Taylor Swift, of course, was she famously went from country music to more pop, uh, you know, and mainstream, if you will. And over time, little did we know that she was developing different eras. And so, of course, if you pay any attention to the news, you know that that era's tour that she was on set records for attendance and all that stuff, uh, literally raising the economy for the cities it was in. They were recording it to to release it in the movie theater. And when my daughter found out about that, of course, dad had to get tickets. And uh, I'm okay with that. You know, I had a lot of people say, how did your wife make you uh, do that? I'm like, no, I initiated that. Like, I like spending time I was- with my kid and I... I've got was, no problem with with that. I was literally with your wife as you were yeah. doing this because uh, yeah. her cousin was performing at my uh, my usual drinking uh, watering hole. You know, yeah. And I yeah. literally asked her and said, "How are you not taking your daughter Taylor Swift?" To which she said, "That's his kid tonight." <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure. Well, we went big, man. We we got tickets to one of the first shows on Thursday or Friday, ten thirteen. If you don't know, the number 13 is associated with Taylor Swift. They write it on their hands. It's just a thing. Anyway, so that's why it was important to go on 10-13. But we went to the 6 o'clock showing. And uh, I remember I walked in, and our goal was to get, there was going to be exclusive buckets and cups that you could spend more money on. Uh, And, of course, I I was in a great mood. I had a little bit of that DJ money. So Tinley brought a friend. All three of us got buckets and cups. But I, I, we were dressed up. Maybe I'll share a picture on our Discord, maybe. Um, I had a matching shirt with the girls. Uh, Chris saw this in person. I did. And 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 so, but it was funny. I made this, I made a comment out loud. I was like, man, I wonder if uh, if there, no one's going to just come to the 6 o'clock show. Because it was <laughs> sold out everywhere. But I, I just had not known if the 6 o'clock sold out. Who was I wrong? We go around the corner, and there's already a line to go in to the theater. The previous showing was wrapping up, so we was had to it, wait. Was it the IMAX theater? No, we didn't choose IMAX. She didn't care about the IMAX. Okay. Or uh, 
our theaters have recliner seats. She goes, Dad, we're going to be standing up the whole time. She lied. We weren't. But So we wait in line to get in. We get our seats. And as we're sitting there, the trivia that they normally have before the movie turned pink. And it was Taylor Swift-related trivia, to which I knew more than I, I should admit. But it was really cool to see. It was cool to see that influence. I'm not going to lie to you. And at one point, we had a conversation she, I, I was like, Tinley, I don't, I don't know if you're supposed to stand up and sing and dance during this thing. I, I don't know. Uh, they usually frown upon that. Well, a uh, movie theater guy comes into the theater, gets our attention. Is everybody excited to see the Eras movie with Taylor Swift? Ah! All right, we got one rule and one rule only. Actually, it's two rules. Have a good time and sing and dance to every song you know. This is not your normal movie. You're going to feel like you're at the concert. He was not wrong. For anybody who's wondering, if you were wondering, you've seen a concert movie before, probably, on a mm-hmm. DVD or in the theater or somewhere. And normally that has, yes, a live concert, but it has also a documentary style sure. behind the scenes or whatever breaks and stuff like that. Nope. This was the era's concert filmed and glorious, whatever resolution, and you got the full-out experience. The sound was loud. People were singing. Phones were going up during songs. Uh, there was It, it was crazy. I, I loved every minute of it because you don't get that mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, but I survived it. Uh, and if it, I get this question asked a lot. Chris did not ask me this question. Oh. Uh, but the question is, okay, if you're a Swifty, what's your era? Uh, and I think I think I would say reputation nine out of ten times, but I also like the Midnight's era. That one's a pretty I, good album too. I feel like I'm either Midnight's or uh, I guess for, folklore. Folklore, right? yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a good one. That's a good that vibe. one's got my boy on it. So <laughs> true. Uh, his boy is Boney Vare, correct, Chris? Correct, correct. Uh, yeah, if you guys had a chance to go see it, or if you think I'm absolutely insane for going to see it, of course, we would love to hear about that. Uh, uh, oh, Acid Sugar is chiming in. He said, uh, reputa- "Reputation for sure, but also Red. Red is a uh, Red is also a banger. It was it was so cool how they did it. I hope I hope if if you like music and you at least understand the impact that Taylor Swift has on a large audience, yeah, and you have if you can see it if it ends up coming to I don't I mean, know a streaming platform." I would love to just see. I would love to for people to see how they did it. I mean, they did it right. She, I think anyone would be foolish at this point to say she's not like really reached that equivalent of like Michael Jackson, Madonna. It's crazy, right? Like you know, the Beatles, Beatles mania, or I mean, sure, Beatles mania is. I should. I know what you mean, back. though. Yeah. I should step yeah. back. That's that's <laughs> back that one really, up a little bit. I know what yeah. you mean, but like just that point of like where. I don't know what it is, man, but like if you've got a Y chromosome, there's about a 95% chance that if her music comes on, you're going to dig it around here. Like, I can't explain it, but it it is what it is. Yeah. And why fight it? You know, yeah. like why? If it makes them uh, happy. You can like your music. And if this is your music as well, enjoy it, man. Music is great. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. I survived and maybe... 
During the break, I'll go get the cup for a Twi- Twitch exclusive. Like how, but you've seen it online. Isn't it great how Travis Kelsey put her on the map? See? Yeah, you just you may have just missed that because I made the joke about uh, a joke about how Taylor Swift found Travis Kelsey. Mm. I'll say that again, just in case you were at work or driving in your car and you missed it. The trend on TikTok is for the wives to act like mm. to the sporting husband that, oh my God, can you believe that Taylor Swift made this guy, Travis Kelsey, famous? And all the guys who, you know, love NFL football and Travis Kelsey, they're like, what? Yeah. What? No, no. <laughs> Travis Kelsey didn't just have those five commercials lined up before exactly. he knew. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Chris, did you see them on Saturday Night Live? Did, did you? I did. I did. You know, because I, I thought it was cool. You know, of course, Travis Kelsey playing into it. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like sitting there watching. I was thinking, I was like, isn't she really good friends with Ice Spice? I was like, hmm, wonder. And then sure enough, yeah, she came out and did her uh, second song. And there's Taylor introducing her. And I was like, man, they're just going completely official with this tonight. I said, we don't care. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll say this joke because uh, he's totally, yeah, he's joking. I know he was, but Hag came in. Hag has been, is it? I dare say, has it been a while, Chris, that we've seen Hague? Been a while. I don't know. It's, it's been a while. Uh, Hague said, uh, Travis Kelsey scoring sixes on and off the field. And then later said he's totally joking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. But, yeah, I, I love that they kept that appearance on SNL under wraps. Dude, it was also awesome mm-hmm. to see SNL live again. And I totally, oh, God, if you I haven't seen... This is serious-ish. If you haven't... No, it's definitely serious. I shouldn't say ish. I was just said ish because it's SNL, but it's Pete Davidson reading the opening monologue. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. You know, Pete had a weird, pers- a different perspective because he lost his father in a terroristic act. And of course he was speaking on the stuff going on uh, across the world with the war with Israel and Palestine or, or Hamas, Hamas. And I mean, the world is crazy and I want to, almost echo what Pete Davidson says, Chris, do you feel this way too? For sure. With everything going on in your life and you choose to have us pop in your ears, um, week in and week out. Hey man, we appreciate it so much. We really do. Chris is doing a thumbs up. So it, it's great. Radio. Trust me. If it wasn't <laughs> happening, if you guys weren't listening, I don't know that we'd make it to 422 or would have made it to 422. I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. Wait, wait. We shall see. What does that even mean, Sean? Why are you just, why am I nervous? Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that is that is kind of like the intro. And what we'll do now is kind of let you guys know what we're playing. Uh, just a reminder, we love hearing what you're playing too. Uh, you know, in a few weeks or shoot, by in a week, it may be one of those unicorns again where all three of us are playing the same game because Spider-Man I took, drops. I took Friday off. I know you did. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll have to see. But right now we're all kind of in our different paths. Chris, why don't you tell everybody what you're playing? Yeah, I got two things. Um, I finished up Mirage. I was pretty close last week. When nice. And then got that done. Either, I think the very next day, I think I got it done. Um, and, you know, now that I've actually finished it, I kind of like, since we were all talking about it, I kind of held back a little bit on it. But I will say, I while I enjoyed the attempt and I really like bad dad. Uh, and that's such a cool setting. Um, I have to say from a story perspective and where we went, 
um, both both for the game itself and I would say for what they tried to say meta-wise. Um, I think they came up a little bit short in the attempt. Um, and I hate to say that because, like, you know, I think anyone who's played these games, right, we kind of know that there's going to be a big moment, like a drop of, like, yeah, something like happening. Like an EDM DJ drop. <laughs> yeah, whether <laughs> it's, like, a big set piece going on or, you know, sometimes, like, a twist, right? Like, maybe there's betrayal or just, you know, people making big decisions. And that that's common a, a common point in these games. And here, I have to say, like, I think I know what they intended it to be, but it's one of those instances kind of like the best I can describe it is kind of like, you know, my criticisms of game of Thrones, Sean, it's not like what the twist was when we got to the end of the eighth season. It was more for me. Like my criticism was we didn't really earn that. Like we didn't work our way to where that made sense when it happened. And I could like logically connect it. That's kind of how I felt here. Like I got what, the few points where they do hint towards what's coming, but there are certain things with the twist or whatever you want to call it moment that one, I thought one was just a dumb gimmick that didn't need to be in there to begin with. And the other thing, the bigger one, I was like, that actually really was tied to characters and stuff like that. I was like, if you had, if this had not been something that was probably originally an expansion, and had been a normal size, like regular old school Assassin's Creed. And mm-hmm. like the game was closer to like 30 hours, right? I think it would have hit more. You would have had more opportunity to set that up because it kind of felt like we talked about this thing at one point early in the game. And then you went off and started doing things. And then all of a sudden it gets reintroduced right at the end and gets rushed with very little setup as far as to tie it of like this making sense of like everything going on between characters at that moment. Right. I'm trying to speak as loosely as I can. The other thing. Pulling, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, again, this was my fear, like in for mo- to their credit, most of this, I think you could play like Sean and John who have not finished Valhalla and the meadow of the world is going to be fine that you don't know it. But I guarantee you're going to get to the end of this game. And I understand why there were a bunch of people now who were like, what the heck is that? You know, and all that. Because you just don't, they don't explain it well, clearly to you, uh, compared to like what they did in Valhalla. And if you you don't know what it is, I just think it's going to even leave you more confused. Um, And they could have just been more direct and, and, and things like that. And I think it would go over better but you know it is what it is uh i still think it's a fun time right i i think if you're like if you're john if you're like me you're you you and you enjoy playing these games even with their like shortcomings right like you know yeah i agree with john there's times in this one where for whatever reason your dude is a dumb idiot who will just jump off things or like run up a side of the wall where apparently you can't climb even though there's like a thing literally right next to you that's made for climbing and then you turn around and you go up it. Like right. there's those little, you know, things that you just, you learn to love to hate or get by with, you know, right. you're still going to have a fun time, but in the scheme of like Assassin's Creed lore and all that, 
like this is kind of like mid card to me as far as oh when I'm thinking of like the great ones versus you know it definitely was very stable game I think it launched fine I can see why they like went gold months ago right didn't have any like significant crashes or anything like that I just I don't know um it's not what I wanted for it when they were saying like you know people going like yeah, I don't necessarily want what the latest ones have done with the humongous RPG where it feels like just to beat the game, I have to get the max level. I have to do 90 million things, even if I don't want to do, do that. Yeah, like you don't have to do that here, but at the same time, I don't know if they made a game like where, again, when I think about the old ones, I felt like I could invest in the things I wanted to, Ignore the things that I thought were annoying, like, you know, Assassin's Creed 3. I didn't care about feathers. I didn't go around catching floating pages. You saw one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if not. But yeah. at the same time, you know what I did a lot in Assassin's Creed? I murdered a whole beaver population. <laughs> you know why? Because I needed <laughs> <You> upgrades. <did>. And <laughs> I did. Uh, you I know, remember I, that. <laughs> like oh, John just sitting there hearing from my room. <laughs> as this population <laughs> dies. <laughs> and I love doing that kind of stuff. And like, oh. you know. Even though, yeah. like, with Valhalla and all that, I murdered every legendary animal. You know, I did every little platforming challenge because I found that stuff really interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, I, I don't know what it is, like, if there's a hybrid in between that where we can have things and just make it a little bit more optional, kind of like how the other game I'm going to talk to about here is. Um, or if it's something new. Like, I, I brought it up. Well, we were all together one night, me, you, and Mike, and I said, like, I wouldn't mind Assassin's Creed. That's like a Hitman game where it's like, hey, here's 50 ways you could solve this in terms of assassination, right? Go do it. Figure it out. You know, make it a puzzle in its own way of how do you get past challenges. Yeah, but see, for elitist, or, mm -hmm. or I shouldn't say elitist, uh, completionist, Sure. That would that would be a trophy tied behind or an achievement tied behind every way you could kill something. That would be crazy. But then they, uh they, in a way they kind of had that because memory used to have the hundred percent sync that you'd have to get for those. Yeah, I used to, you know, I, my I average for hundred percent sinks, fifty percent <laughs> or zero. Yeah. Hey, I, I do I did have a question from chat. This sure. is a legit question. It's coming from Hag himself, so at first you may think it's not. Uh you've played Odyssey and now you've completed Mirage. Uh, is Mirage greater than Odyssey? Oh, God, oh we got him. Logic. I logic. <laughs> the logic. And a follow-up is... question after you answer this question, I kind of would. It's been a while. I would like for you to give a Richard, if you can, on on your experience with Mirage. You finished the game. It's worth one. Um, first off, the fact is that no matter whatever faults Mirage may have. In terms of equations, Odyssey equals zero. So there by default, Mirage is Ooh. automatically above. Greater. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just I I didn't write the formula. You know, homeboy I, pulled up the formulas on us, y'all. That's I just said logic. That was the that was the hint. I just <laughs> I just you know, um, as nice. far as the score, somewhere. What's I mean, your heart saying, baby? Tell us. If I've got to say that, like. Valhalla to me is probably like an eight. Oh no! I think. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because I, I mean, like, if I if I'm gonna go back, I'll do this real quick, like, because I I think I was high on Valhalla when I first started, and then it kind of tapered Wait, like off with weed, or yeah, right. 
If I'm going to go, like, to give you an idea here, I would give Origins a 9. I'd give Odyssey an 8.5. I'd probably give Valhalla an 8. Like, so it's been declining. So I think if that's the case, if I'm being honest, I probably have to say, like, a 7.5 for this somewhere on that if i just go on like a 0.5 scale that's not bad yeah no and like for for its price and what i got out of it you know i think it was a fun time i just don't think i'm gonna remember it you know (laughs) yeah they're gonna play that they're gonna play what you just said i'm totally pumping us up right now yeah ubisoft on their next assassin's creed do we want this again listen (laughs) i'm not i'm not i mean i'm not gonna remember it for reference it's a 7.5 i'm not gonna remember it (laughs) If there's one I would have given a 10 ever, it probably would have been two because of just how much better it was from one. Like, that's the one, like, that will always, even though I don't think it's the best one, uh, I'd probably give both Brotherhood and four 9.5. So if you just. Oh, those are coming up for me in the. the, Yeah, yeah. I love both those games a lot. So, you know. um, Is uh, Brotherhood is. No, Brotherhood is uh, after two. That's the Rome. No, I, oh, it's which one is uh the London Unity? Unity. No, you're thinking that's of, the Unity, which is France. That's Pisspot, which is the funny part. <laughs> I always joke with John because it's like the most yes. British freaking voice. But France. Um, John really <laughs> likes, and I like it too. I would, I would definitely say I have very good feelings about Syndicate, um, which was the London one. Yeah. Yeah, Syndicate was London, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they took audio from Syndicate and played it in the. Uh, I. I think. To be fair, I want to because I know Mike played them recently and I know they got patched and like that's just one of those things because of the show and how we are, right? Like obviously I played Unity at launch, so I kind of went through the world of buggy hell, you know, um, at the time. But I am, there's part of me that wants to, because I, I do have it on Steam that wants to go back and if I have like a free period at some point, replay that game because it is like one of my favorite eras and there was things I liked about that they changed in that game mainly traversal um so at some point i'd like to go back to it but uh we gotta go back hashtag lost right and speaking of going back so of course i went back for 2.0 cyberpunk but then of course the dlc came and i've now really more so been hammering into that uh i would probably guess looking at where i am as far as the main part of the uh side uh, of the expansion i'm gonna guess i'm over halfway maybe a little bit further um i think i'm coming up at a point where there's probably gonna have to be some choices made and that's probably gonna diverge me somewhere else where you know if i wanted to come back and replay that that's probably where i'd be doing that right to see the multiple outcomes and things of that could happen based on choice um but i am gonna go ahead and say that I have to ask a very serious question, Sean. Oh, no. is it serious time? Very Cue serious. Music. Can <laughs> I put an expansion for a game that came out in 2020 and received a significant update to the world in my top three games of the year? Yes. Let me tell you why. I think it fits in this category. Uh, like if a game gets remastered. Sure. In a year. Or or whatever we want to call it. And the new version of that game comes out in that year. We've put that on our list before. Yeah. Yeah. True. We've put, we've technically talked about expansions to MMOs that could have technically been on our list in a given year. 
can I go back to 2017 and put Blood and Wine from Witcher 3 in my top three now? Uh, an, an admitted based on, uh, goatee list? Based on this <laughs> new standard we're seeing. <laughs> Uh, no. Like yeah, I've heard I've heard really good things from you and other people who've played the expansion or I, the DLC. Sorry, and yeah, I'm yeah. hearing nothing but good things. Yeah, the um, I the I'll start with my only knock. The one knock I don't like. Okay, so you know they added car combat, which is cool. Like car it combat is, cool, is yeah. cool, but because it wasn't built in, right? Like when you're really out there in the main world, like outside of Cyberpunk uh, Phantom Liberty, about the only way you're going to have it happen is if you choose to engage it right like you'll see instances where rival mercs are fighting each other and just driving by you right and you can get in here it feels like to bring it into a way where it makes sense in fam liberty the only thing they do is like there's a, a mission type where one of the the handlers basically has these cars they tag throughout um really through all out uh night city but mainly in in the uh dog town which is where the expansion is taking place where basically you go you get a car and he gives you a destination to drive the car to and it's a 99 percent probability at some point a merc's gonna show up and try to kill you while you're driving right you know, so, yeah okay it, that's like the hey here's car combat for you yeah we added it's, this have fun yeah, it's it's kind of in my opinion, it's it's pretty basic and it gets you do it once or twice and I was like I don't care. Yeah, I just do not care. Like I don't need the rewards it gives me. It's you know, it is yeah. what it is. But that's about the one thing I could criticize yeah, on the rest this of it it hurts pretty solid. First off, the main side missions you're getting in this are given by a handler named Mr. Hands when you start getting his stuff do everything because it's some of the best interest it, it's he's easily my favorite handler in all of vice city i've met word like, and like his stuff isn't like whereas back in the day you would pull up to a place that would be just like a gig and then the handler would call you and say hey i want this and maybe about the most you would hear from them is like you know hey i don't want you to the the customer doesn't want anyone to be killed right or they want you not to be detected that would maybe be about the most you get out of it as far as uh additional things here it's like no there are side stories to the mission itself there are conversations there's often decisions that you're going to be making as far as how do you resolve and like things aren't always clear like i sat there and thought i made the right decision at the end of it and as soon as i got done with the mission Mr. Hands calls me and says, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, there's a uh, <laughs> there's a bounty hunter coming after you now because of uh, that mission, uh, apparently. Just thought you should know. So and then you're like that freaking woman lied to me, you know, like that kind of realization. She played me and I bought what she she sold. She she got my sympathetic side and I, I bought into her. But then um, the main mission itself is basically. Think James Bond, espionage, you know, Mission Impossible, right? You're working mainly with this dude, Reed, and uh, this chick, Songbird, uh, trying to get certain things. I won't say what they are to keep the spoilers, you know, down here. But every mission, you know, feels like you have ma multiple facets that you have to go through to get to the big parts of missions. Uh, for those who love the Kentucky uh, Plaza opening mission of the game, for instance, right, with 
Jackie Wells where you're going into uh, Air oh, Soccer. Jackie Wells. Yeah. 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 Air Soccer. Like, it's a lot of that kind of level. Oh, that was pieces. dope. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. The the art design everything is top notch idris elba is great as reed in this and i i can't help but shake the feeling that while i'm peeling back layers of an onion for all these characters i'm interacting in my mind i'm just going i don't know how these people are screwing me over but i'm gonna get screwed over and i'm gonna have to make some really hard choices because i'm getting emotionally attached to each one of them in some way but i'm just like I know how this goes. Yeah, they're they're You've going been there to, before. Yeah, yeah, it's like I know what they're saying up here. But yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, and I'll say it again, I think by far visually, everything between the actual visuals themselves and the artistic design that goes along with them. I I mean, Cyberpunk 2077, I think, is the gold standard now, like in gaming. Like that's the best looking game I've ever scene just, yeah, i mean it's to a point now where i primarily travel around on my motorcycle right and i do it because it's easy to drive in first person because the immersion from it is so freaking good like yeah just to piggyback uh, off off that i think i i think i let the chat know or the chat jesus mm -hmm. the the folks know that i also started playing cyberpunk for the first time when this update came out yeah, uh, I, I gifted my just just to add to Chris's praise for the game. I gifted my little brother the expansion mm -hmm. uh, on the Xbox, and he he's loved it. I've heard that like he'd loved it. He was Chris and my little brother were the two that I know for sure played Cyberpunk even when it sucked back in the day. Yeah, uh, it was what it was. But I'll tell you right now, my experience from from whatever that would have been of. This game, if you if you need to go back or go for the first time, it's totally worth it's totally worth your time. Uh, if you if you get into this kind of stuff, the aesthetic of the game, oh mm -hmm. my god, it's it's dope. I love I love the visuals, I love the music, I love the playstyle, I love everything mm -hmm. about it. Uh, so yeah, it's good. So I, I still have a long way to go because I'm mm -hmm. a noob to the series. Uh, you know, as far as from the game, but I love it. And, and I, I whatever they did, apparently like if they, they really told you guys to, or told all of us to start a new playthrough, like a new file, because so much had changed. And Chris told me that I read it online. Again, my little brother committed to the same. He, he's like, yeah, it, it actually has. And everybody says it's better. I, I don't yeah. even know what that means. Cause I don't know how a world existed where it didn't feel like it does now. It so. I will say this. There were parts of it that were very good. And I think I talked about that. Like when I talked about, you know, back when it came out, like I, yeah. I, I've always loved night city as far as its art design in it yeah. really feeling like driving down this block in this district feels vastly different from driving down this block. The difference was outside of like story stuff and in, in certain characters, like, especially like people, you mean like Judy, and Pan Am and Carrie and all that kind of stuff. It just felt like everything else around you at launch, there was a very hollow thing. And when you started looking for the cracks in the canvas and all that, it, it became very apparent, right? Like just the way the police were interacting or like I've, I've talked about how one time I was driving down a highway at launch 
and a car went by me and I was just like, what kind of car was that? And I looked behind on my camera. And when I did that, it caused a, basically a whip to come out and chuck about 30 cars <laughs> across the screen. Because basically what was really happening was whenever something went past you, it was actually going out of the game. But now because I was looking behind me, it was trying to quickly put things back in place and the physics engine broke. You know, it was things like that. It just didn't feel right. Um, but now it does, you know, now if I see police and I come up to them and I talk, right. And I start staring there for a minute. If they're a crime scene, they will, they'll be like, what the F are you doing? You need back up or else I'm about to. <laughs> yeah. I kind of <laughs> like that. And, and that I love, and of course it's an RPG. So yeah, you, if you get a chance to speak, you really have a choice to make on the direction you sure. want to go with that conversation which is dope, but yeah, uh, just, just again, if, if you get a chance to play cyberpunk, uh, play it. If you haven't ever played it, it's great. That's coming from two out of the three hosts on the show. Uh, and I think if John actually played it, he would like it too. True. Uh, speak, hey, thanks for the stuff on what you're playing though. Once again, Chris is playing, uh, cyberpunk's expansion, uh, DLC. And he also finished Mirage, which was dope. I'd like, uh, to I say, texted, I'll finish huh? this by before Friday. That's my goal. <laughs> That's your goal. Hey, yeah, because yeah. you got to play Spider-Man too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of John, I did text him to say, hey, man, uh, did you, you know, basically, did you play any more Mirage or have any update on what you're playing? And he said, why, yes. And he went on to add that it gets better the more I play. Yeah. And that was, of course, in reference to Mirage, which I made an inappropriate joke at that point it's about something about somebody saying something. Oh. He said the word, it gets better the more I play. You fill in the blank. Uh, me, I, uh, I also, I, after the show, I, it wasn't the same night. I tinkered a little more in Mirage, but I just, I, I don't remember. I tried to think of last week and I think I was like, I think I was tired, uh, from just work, sure. DJ and plus work, uh, some kind of way I decided to finally play, actually finally open and play. Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered, and that has been the main game I've played since the last show. Nice. Uh, of course, I'm late to the game on that. The game came out this year. Uh, as well, a actually, Sean. Back in February, <laughs> but it came out many, many years ago. Uh, super, I, I, all right, so I played Dredge when it came out, but that that's where I stop. I've never had any other Metroid experience ever. Wow. Okay, so no Super Metroid, no, like, Metroid, all the, yeah, so... Whatever, I don't know why I didn't think these games were made for me. Shortly after the game starts, and this is Metroid Prime Remastered for me, I'm like, I get that feeling of when you play a game that when it hits you at the right time in your life, sure, you go, uh, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to like it a lot. <laughs> and And I didn't know like little things. I didn't know like, I knew this was a first person, like the prime series, I think is all first person. Yes. I think. Yes. Uh, but the things that you could do with, with your character, uh, as far as like missiles and visors and scans. Okay. All that's cool. The world is amazing. The story it, it I don't, you forget sometimes that games that came out many years ago, don't feed you the story. Sure. Like they do these days, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta read things and, and pay attention to things and and learn. Kind of like we did in Tunic. 
Sure. Tunic wasn't. Uh, remember, we talk about how cool Tunic as you as you kind of unlock things. It kind of gave you the book, old school, like video game book, and that's how you filled in your story. Plus the cinematics that it showed. I don't know where this game's going to go. I do know. Uh, and talking to John, if you guys don't know this, he's he's the the, the show's resident Metroid fan, right? He's a little so bit I of a fan. Him, I sent him just a screenshot of Samus uh, holding holding uh, what her cannon arm. What is it called officially? Uh, I can't remember. We'll just say her arm with her gun on it, and it's pointing at a door that you got to shoot, you know, to open up. And I her, was like, her Metroid. I don't know. Yeah, her her Metroid arm. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. And all John said was cuss word, yes. <laughs> and then he said got got. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to let John know I was playing. Uh, Metroid. Chris knew that because we hang out in Discord or whatever. And over the last couple of days, I'll I'll turn on it and we'll stream inside Discord or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 all it it's such a cool experience to go play a game. Again, this is kind of like I did with Cyberpunk. I'm playing the vet the best version of the game. I don't have any earlier experiences from any Metroids. Yeah. Uh, especially Prime. It. I think it was a good game when it came out. It, I think it was, it was a big deal that it was first person. Pretty much all of them were very highly rated. Yeah, it's. I see why, and and maybe the eyes have finally been opened. Maybe I'll be more inspired to go back and play Dread. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Now I, I have a, I have this weird feeling that I'm gonna go on a, a hunt to play all of the other Metroids wherever they're at. At some point, I, I always have these big lofty. Uh, I, this is what Sean will do. He gets super excited about something, and it will consume him Friday, for the next Spider-Man weeks. Two. <laughs> right hey uh this is what i do it is what it is but right now metroid is kind of the king or queen sorry queen technically of yeah. of my gaming life I, I i love it and if you own a nintendo switch this is what the game is on it's an exclusive i think if you've never played it maybe give it a shot uh i was telling people at work that are also gamers how much i think it looks so much better than it obviously did. It's a remaster. Yeah, it's it's still limited by the Switch, but man, it's a beaut. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, side note again, though, on the Switch, uh, I got to say it because it's truthful. When the Switch is in big TV mode, like it's docked in a big TV, mm-hmm. you just see. You just see things. And you go, dang it. But when you dock it and put it maybe on a on a uh, little like monitor but you know it's got a high refresh rate really good graphics it looks really good so i'm digging it and that that's honestly currently what i'm playing right now um uh, if i could show the camera i even moved the nintendo switch that you normally would see mm. let's see right there on that bracket that's black it's gone that's because it's literally right in front of me I saw you moving it, it too. I was like, "Where are you doing?" Yeah, you like? did. I've, I've got, I've got it hooked to uh, my capture card. Shout out to Best Buy. And shout out to Acid Sugar, huh? <laughs> huh? But yeah, uh, and again, so John didn't really say anything else. So I'm playing a Metroid game from February. Chris is playing a DLC from a game <laughs> that's a few years old, but he did finish Mirage, and uh, John's also playing Mirage. So there you go. Once again. That's what we're playing right now. We would love to obviously hear about what you guys are playing. Uh, I did see in chat when we when you brought up uh, your Assassin's Creed stuff, 
Yeah. Jake himself that said Unity itself is worth a playthrough. It's the best parkour in the series. Yeah, that's uh, what I remember was the cool thing. And I was like, that's where I was like, why didn't they go with something like that? Because if I remember, the reason why it was so good is that it moved um it moved basically how you parkoured to the triggers. So like, you know, the big problem, the thing that people always took issue with like the purist, right? The, the Prince of Persia purist and, and like the old school platformer purist a, if you have a as free run and a is jump, right? You sometimes get that instance where you meant to free run this way, but you jump 50 feet off a ledge this way. Yep. Versus with unity, because it was like, literally, if I want to go down, I hold LT or left trigger. If I want to go up, I hold right trigger and you just go forward and it lot it logically knows what you're trying to do versus just saying, hey, you want to jump. Like, and it made climbing in that game, which you really have to, because like you sit there and you think about this is like Paris in the late 1700s. So there's some very high structures at this point, right? Like it it made it work. And uh I, I would second that. Like that was the one innovation I kind of wish they had brought back for, for this one, it would have been a good thing, but obviously they decided those buttons need to do 50 yard things for us. Oh, they quickly <laughs> got readjusted when your boy, Sean played Mirage. Yeah, I know you did. You were like, oh, my this. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, uh, we're going to do what we do best. And that's a pivot. Ooh. And at this point, the next thing you'll hear should be the news. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 Sean. Sir. It's done. Oh, man. It sure is, dude. 634 days after they first announced their intention to buy Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, Microsoft has closed its transaction following approval by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, also known as the CMA. In a post to Xbox Wire, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer said work has now begun bringing Activision Blizzard games to Game Pass, although he stopped short of name-checking any titles. Quote, Today, we start the work to bring beloved Activision Blizzard and King franchises to Game Pass and other platforms. We'll share more about that or more about when you can expect to play in the coming months. We know you're excited, and we are too. And also adding, whether you play on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you are welcome here and will remain welcome even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise. Because when everybody plays, or everyone plays, we all win, Sean. (laughs) I tell you, man, I tell you what, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Phil makes it really hard to not like Phil. Sure. When until, he's, he's got some good corporate speak. Until he comes back three years from now and be like, Tony Hawk Skater 4 coming exclusively to <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, oh. new game coming exclusively to Xbox. 
DJ Hero 4 coming exclusively. Right. Big news. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I'm I mean, Sean, are you happy? It's finally done. Yeah. We can move yes, on I'm, from this. I'm happy it's finally done. I'm also uh, if you didn't get a chance to see the video they released, uh it it was I think it was perfect the yeah. video because it showed it, it almost showed a <clears throat> excuse me respect for what what they just accomplished the franchises that they now know they have responsibility for mm-hmm. you know that could be total smoke up my you know what but it worked and i'm happy that at least you know they're in xbox's hands because as we pointed out here and i think john said it it could be worse if it was gonna be a thing this is one of our if not the best one of our better options so Sure. I can't wait to see what they have in store, man. Um, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, uh, definitely glad it's done. Um, you know, I think the thing that is a little bit makes me go, oh, is that it sounds like I was listening. Phil kind of did um, Xbox's official podcast today talking about it, and everyone's like, oh, is it going to be like how blue? Uh, Bethesda was where, you know, Bethesda, they kind of, shortly after had a lot of things hit game pass like older things right um and it doesn't sound like that's the case it's going to be a little bit and he mainly said because there was just so much turmoil and you know back and forth with the regulators they didn't want to presume anything until they got their approval right yeah so the regulators were mounting up for sure they were they were uh both both teddy roosevelt and warren g they were mounting up um <laughs> but uh you know it, it sounds like it's a good thing i also like you know they were talking he also talked a little bit about as far as like well what are you gonna do you know does this mean like you know he famously this summer wore a hexen shirt for those who don't know hexen game came out in the 90s it's owned by activision right so now they own it and it's like, are you going to go out there and just start doing all this stuff? And he made the point of saying, I think this is important. This is why you want this, right, uh, for someone like Phil, as long as he's there, is that he doesn't want to just make something for the sake of saying, let's make it, right? It's more of, well, what do the teams want to do? And what's in service to Activision itself, right? Does it make sense to go do this? Do you have someone who's passionate? Do they have an idea for it? You know, and you go from there. So it sounds like, you know, the the other side of this now is kind of like how we're seeing with Bethesda a little bit. I think there are certain things that we're just now kind of more so seeing come to the front, like Peniment came out last year from obsidian i don't know if peniment would have ever been released uh had it not been for the fact that microsoft bought obsidian and i think the same time hi-fi rush i don't know for that from a bethesda studio would have ever gotten the chance to be released right but you knew you had a team that was passionate for it you gave them the opportunity, said, yeah, go make this. Let's try this. That's a cool idea. We could see how that could be successful. And, you know, in the case of High Five Rush and Peniment, those games got really high praise, like some of the highest praise games of Xbox's games the last couple of years. Um, I'm hopeful that that's what happens here, even though it will probably take longer. Some of these studios that have been working in service to mainly Call of Duty, like Toys for Bob and all that, 
if they have an idea for a Spyro game or whatever, and it makes sense, maybe that means we get those down the line. But, you know, it's probably going to be, unfortunately, years before we really see how this is all going to shake out as far as what these studios do and what their purpose is within the Xbox gaming family. But regardless, I'm just glad that we don't have to report any more regulatory <laughs> news and yeah, now this. we get to now the fun part is to say what we get to play on like xbox and game pass now sure uh apparently for clarification it was an accusation that i last week said that xbox was the greatest console of this generation if you also heard it that way that's a little too early to say i just said currently xbox is a what i meant to say was <laughs> and what i'm pretty sure i said was Xbox is an amazing console. If Mike was here, he would be picking up a goalpost for you. Oh, I know. And moving in about and it 40 is, dude. feet it, that way. Listen, and and also I brought this up personally in our in our in our Discord. When you look at the two consoles, like I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. the Xbox just to me looks better. Sure. Than the PlayStation, it just does. I'm sorry. It just looks. It looks so cool in its little cube form. Sir, it's technically not a cube. <laughs> Push his glasses up. Whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Sure. Uh, while that's good news, we also got some, uh, we'll call it, is bittersweet a good good way to say this? That's a good way to say uh, it. It's a, nod, it's a nod of appreciation and a little bittersweet. Uh, Bethesda says goodbye to a key member. If you haven't heard by now, Pete Hines, the head of publishing for Bethesda, has announced on X, formerly known as Twitter, that he is retiring from the company. Here's his quote or his tweet. Hmm. After 24 years, I have decided my time at Bethesda Softworks has come to an end. I'm retiring and I will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, donating my time where I can and taking more time to enjoy life. That is, uh, that's the end of the quote. And with a tip of the cap to one of Hines' common practices for each major Bethesda release, Bethesda provided a doctor's note to Hines that stated the following. Please excuse Pete Hines from work. After devoting so much of his time, love, and care to Bethesda, we are prescribing him ongoing treatment in the form of the following. Lots of gaming. Devoting care and affection to foster pups. Card collecting in all forms. Having fun with friends in the community. And of course, more games. (laughs) Chris, your initial thoughts and then subsequent reflection on the news of Pete leaving and and all that stuff. Yeah. um, First off, I love that Bethesda did that because literally even with Starfield a couple weeks ago, Pete Hines put his usual note out there excusing you from work saying you got an infection while exploring a random planet that's in Starfield. Uh, I always love that he does that. I've been doing it for years. Uh, but um, it is bittersweet. I can't say I'm shocked. You know, usually when you have a purchase, like they'll there, it's going to happen with Activision Blizzard too, right? Like obviously we already know that Bobby Kodak's leaving at the end of the year and that's not a big shock and I should have added that in. Bobby Kodak's leaving at the end of the year. Yay. We're all happy. Um, but uh, as far as like whenever these purchases are made, right, usually there's probably something that's baked into the agreement, like Todd Howard and him probably couldn't leave till the end of this year. 
seeing as the deal closed back in 2020. But the truth is, if you're Pete Hines, you had a lot of stock in Bethesda, and then Microsoft bought all your shares, you have a lot of money. And it's a lot easier to go, I am 50-something. I've done my time in this industry, and I have more than I need to live out the rest of my life. Maybe I should go spend that time with friends and family and just being a gamer as opposed to, you know, worrying about being the marketing arm for, for Bethesda. Right. So I think, you know, it's always earned, um, same with like, you know, even, uh, Jim Ryan here, right. A couple of weeks ago Ooh. when, yeah. Already uh, forgot him. Yeah. Kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, these guys, if you make a lot of money and then I can't blame you for wanting to some point go, all right, this is someone else's problem. You know, you yeah, that's really a great a point. That kind of leads in that leads into the way I feel about it. To be honest, I'm a little jealous. And what I mean by that is it has to feel good to be set up financially where you can say, and this this really, this line that he typed uh, really hit me, taking more time to enjoy life. Sure. He's at a point of reflection where he can make a sound decision financially. And he also knows, hey, man, I'm in my 50s, dog. Uh, let's enjoy this because this this blip of time we get on this rock hurling through space. Uh, it would be wise if we all found a way to actually enjoy life a little more. I don't mean to get too deep, uh, but maybe, maybe you needed to hear that just in case that you, you're rushing too much and you're, you're not enjoying it. Like, like, you know, we all really should. Yeah. You know, as, as gamers like to do, uh, sit in a dark room and play video games with headphones on. So no one, we can't hear anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey man. We are we are short of voice this week, Chris. Isn't that we sad? Are. Um, and you know, as we say goodbye to one big member, we're saying hello to a new one. Uh, following a deep data dive of the voice cast for the upcoming Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Nintendo, and Kevin Afghani. Hope I'm saying that right. Have confirmed that Afghani is in fact the new voice actor for both Mari. Mari, <laughs> Amari, you good Cooper. old Mari. Oh, oh, cool, go old Mari Cooper. No, but Mario <laughs> and Luigi in the new game. Afghani thanked Nintendo for quote inviting me into the Flower Kingdom. Uh, I thought it was the Mushroom Kingdom, bruh. Maybe this one's taking place in the Flower Kingdom. Okay, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find out. You can find out Friday if you want. Sean, uh, yeah. are, how, do you have any thoughts, feels about this? Well, the, the one thing I'm going to tie into is I finally found out the way to tie in the shirt giveaway, and that's with the release of Mario Bros. Wonder. So mm. that's going to be your hint. Now, I'm not sure if I need to... Uh, so I don't want people to cheat, even though it's just a T-shirt. I want to make it fun and legitimate. Mm -hmm. If you buy Mario Wonder... And you can show the disc, like not the disc, the case, some kind of way. I need proof, like proof of life, bro. Question. Yeah, I, I bought the game digitally. That's yes, but there's a way to still have proof of life. You can like write on a, a you piece could of just paper turn the game. Up to your, you could just turn yeah. the game on and then take a picture of your TV screen. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like you know how like when some you sell something on EB EB eBay. Yeah. And you hold up like your your picture of your gamer tag next to it. It's real, bro. Something like that. And then all of a sudden you're in a contest. You may get a free t-shirt because you bought the game too. That'll be cool. I think that's kind of what I want to do with it. 
can't wait to win that t-shirt <laughs> but i got nothing else to add uh it's cool I, we technically already knew we had a new voice yeah uh and i'm glad that uh afghani is excited to be a part of nintendo i would be too yeah. speaking of which hey nintendo my name's sean Chris it's, and I host a podcast. We'd love to be Nintendo exclusive, huh? It's, it's like the news itself is very simple. The story behind it was the more interesting part of it, really. It was like people looked at this voice actor list, right, and were just going down and breaking it into, you know, they didn't have who everyone was playing, but they recognized names, and they got down to two names, and they were so sure it was one person, and then that dude finally came out and said, I am in that game. I am not voicing anyone named Mario. <laughs> so Amari. Yeah. Or Amari. <laughs> he's he's yeah, he's playing Amari. That's who he's playing. Um, but uh, you know, and then finally afterwards Nintendo relented and said, sure, we'll give it to you. Well, so I'm, I'm excited, obviously. Yeah. I hope you're exciting. What? I don't huh? know. I yeah. just want <laughs> uh, mean, in the same way that Nintendo I guess wanted also needed a new voice for Mario. Mm-hmm. I got some good news for you. Uh, if you're a game developer, Epic wants you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Epic games has launched a program to incentivize game developers to bring older games to its Epic game store. In a blog post, the company announced this new program named now on Epic, which is designed to make it easier for Epic Game Store users to discover back catalog games and to better compete with Steam. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny to me. No one competes with Steam. Sorry. No, uh, to do it, to do so, it will allow participating developers to increase their net revenue from user spending from 88% to 100% for any eligible back catalog games they offer up on the service for the first six months of release. Yeah. Chris. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, if it's if it's it's a it's if it's a fair assumption to think you ever compete with Steam one and then two no. uh, that that increase in revenue. What do you think on those things? Well, yeah, they'll never probably compete with Steam. But kind of like in the way I think right now, it would be foolish to say that unless something drastically changes, Microsoft will ever have more consoles than Sony, right? That's not really the point for Microsoft. The point for Microsoft is to be profitable, right? And to make money off their their services and offerings. And I think that's basically what Epic is trying to do here. And I imagine probably one of the hardest things is like when you go on there and you are trying to build your personal library and like someone like Mike goes, I want to play all the Assassin's Creed and you go on to the Epic game store and sure you can get Valhalla and Mirage and an Odyssey and origins, but then all of a sudden you get to unity and it's like, it's not there. And you're like, why would I? So annoying. Uh, It is. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. If you, if you have the ability to have all those titles, you know, if I can play border ones, one, two, and three in one place and stay in an ecosystem, that's that's very enticing to people, I think. And that's one of the reasons they love Steam and why they spend so much on Steam sales to build out their library of titles they're never going to play. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good idea. Uh, and it's definitely the right enticement, you know, to say, hey, you know, yeah, we'll give you 100%. Because, I mean, it's not like these games are going to come to Epic and all of a sudden sell, you know, 50 million copies or something in the first six months, it's probably going to be somewhere in you know the thousands or whatever, but it's a good way 
for them to market things to to people who maybe are newer and are not as uh, deep into Steam, right? Where maybe they have played a bunch of Fortnite and that's why they're on Epic. And now it's like, oh, if there is something else they want to try, there's the off ramp to go down that series and all that. So. So you, you brought up Fortnite, right? Sure. What's your thoughts on Rocket League? Well, Sean, it's funny that like they're, you know, telling Epic developers they want them because Epic does not want Rocket League players to trade <laughs> with one another. Um, Psyonix uh, has announced that it intends to remove player to player trading from Rocket League on December 5th. Quote, we're making this change to align with Epic's overall approach to game cosmetics and item shop policies where items aren't tradable, transferable, or sellable. This opens up future plans for some Rocket League vehicles to come to other Epic games over time, supporting cross-game ownership. End quote. Not too surprisingly, Sean. Uh, the Rocket League community hasn't been happy with the announced changes, with many members of its Reddit community lamenting that the change will restrict players from being able to obtain obscure items from a catalog of several million items. Because basically, Sean, the only way you're getting those items uh, outside of like tournament stuff and, and turning in that stuff or opening yeah. up a... Um, you know, opening up uh, a thing or whatever, trading in like things personally, which you could still do, right, for higher grade mm -hmm. items, mm -hmm. is to basically hope they pop up on their store and pay them whatever amount. Uh, and you. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. that, that's what, if I'm a player of Rocket League, which technically I have been and could be again, and, and I got really into the, uh, you know, the stuff, like the stuff that I could trade or, or that I obtain like cosmetics and, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want this, but somebody like really wanted it. I don't see the problem in always being able to say, here, you can have it. Yeah. Like, uh, when you take that away from you and, and you, even if it's over time, you eventually make it and somebody will notice it. You make it where now we have to give you money to do the same thing. And like, that's so cringy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I understand that like when when you when you have things that are tradable, transferable, sellable, all of that stuff, uh you got to watch it cuz people will exploit that to a degree. But it's it's Rocket League. Like if if I get yeah. if I got a skin I don't like and you like it, why can't I give it to you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think the bigger thing is like for me personally and Acid kind of said he has no skin in the game cuz I think he's probably like myself where most of us who are coming in, we don't really trade with players anyways. We, you know, cause we're just not the hardcore of hardcore in the community. We, we, yeah, I get it. We yeah. enjoy playing rocket league, but yeah, but you're not all. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's not as a big deal to me. I will still continue to do what I always do, which is I just trade my items up to the highest level. That's typically what I do unless it's nerd. Something yeah. Unless I'm using it. And, uh, <laughs> but on the flip side of that, the people who are affected are your hardcore of hardcore. And I think for that, the problem here is, you know, if you're just looking at where rocket league has been going the last couple of years since Epic bought them, it's been had one little brief resurgence and then it's kind of been trending down. 
um, to a very hardcore community. So when you're doing things to tick them off and feel like they don't have a way to just earnestly earn things that they want, um, unless they fork out money, you know, I can understand. They're like, I'm devoting my time for this. And now you're going to make it even harder for me to get certain things that I might find to be cool. Um, that's a problem in my opinion. Yeah. The, 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 the statement, uh, to the effect of on anything in life, it doesn't affect me directly, Mm. but if you realize the thing is not right or could have, I don't know how to say that differently, but like you still need to care if that makes sense. Now, I don't know how far you take caring. Like, I don't know if you sign petitions. I don't know what we do. But, like, it comes down to greed, I think. And maybe it's not fair to call it greed. But Psionics and Epic, and they want to make money. And maybe they're not making enough money. And maybe they see, like, we we could make X, Y, or Z amount of dollars if we keep letting these these players do this. But if if we kind of... Ran it in a little bit. We can tighten all that back up. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. It, it just seems. I, I would be much more inclined to be okay with this if they had a new system where, I get it with certain things, especially as they're new. You need, or if they're commercial properties, right? Like where you're going, we're putting in kit. We're putting in the Batmobile, right? We're playing. We're putting in Dom, uh, from Fast and Furious. Sure, I get that. You you need to pay for those things, right? And that's always been the way. You've always had to pay for those items at some point if you wanted them. But unless you're going to introduce a system where I can finally go, I've earned this many of skins of this type. Let me go into your vault and pick out the one I actually do want from there for this. I think that's where the problem is. Like because that was the only way you could do that really here is to like go to a rocket league form and say, Hey man, you know, I'm looking for this skin, right? Can anyone help me out? And they go, Oh yeah, I have that. And you could trade and boom. Now you've got the look that maybe you're going for. So I don't know. It's, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's weird, man. I'm just so used to gamers though, finding a way around things. Yeah. I just, but when when you have a game like this, I don't know if you can find your way around this. No, if, and they've uh, they've warned people already. They said if you go yeah. through third party things, it, that's a bannable offense. So, you know. <laughs> uh, sorry, I got a text. That's pretty funny. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, there's no going around this. Ooh. Uh, we are at the end of news, and you know what that means. Finally. It's here. PS5 cloud streaming has arrived, Chris. And listener. Oh. Sony will debut cloud streaming on October 30th in the United States for its PlayStation Plus premium members. Players can get up to 4K quality. And this is dependent on your, your internet, right? Which is, has actually got really low numbers, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a number of major PlayStation 5 titles... So again, PS5 cloud streaming for PS5 titles, such as uh, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima, 
Mortal Kombat 11, and Saints Row 4. And can also use cloud streaming. Yeah, Chris Chris and I are like, oh, on Saints Row, huh? Cool. <laughs> and can also use cloud streaming for game trials for PS5 games, such as Hogwarts Legacy, The Witcher 3, and The Callisto Protocol. So, Chris, yeah, I'll... I'll uh, I, I'll I'll ask you first, man. Do you do you plan on trying this service out? No, because I'm not a PlayStation Plus Premium subscriber, right? Sure. Uh, I do want to say I went out there and I tried to find if they had put out a definitive list of everything, right? As far yeah. as it, um, I couldn't find it. You know, which is why I just listed kind of what they said, uh, in their their blog post. Um, really did try to find that, but. I mean, regardless, that's a great thing for players. It's one of the things I've always enjoyed with Xbox is, you know, as long as you have a good stable connection, it that seems to work well. And I believe that Microsoft worked with them on this with Azure. Um, so I'm sure that it's probably in a good stable place for that too, right? Because I don't think yeah. Microsoft sees this as a screw PlayStation thing. I think they see it as <laughs> no, no, we're no. big old Microsoft and we want that Sony money. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you know, but hey, that's that's cool. I want people to have the ability to play where they want to play. Right. And that includes like. If you got a backbone. Right. And you got your PlayStation. No, you can't do that. You can't do the backbone with it. I don't think. Oh, OK. Well, you know, if you're on a network I, somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. Meanwhile, Google Stadia is like, wait, what are they trying to do? Stream games. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to do it better than you. Sorry. Uh, I will say this. The recommended settings, I'll give you an example. 52 down. So 52 megs down download for 4K. Mm-hmm. 13 megs for 720p. That's recommended. The minimum, they're saying, for like 720, for example, is only five. Yeah. It's it's crazy how like attainable these speeds are, and and I Most say that places. knowing that there are probably pockets of <laughs> listeners and and people that would want to do this that don't have the best internet. Yeah, but I mean that's that's helping you out a lot, mm. like a lot. So uh, and the last thing I'll add on it is we'll get more news because it's going to launch in uh, Japan on. I'm sorry in. Yeah, sorry, it launched today in Japan. I just went. Yeah, so we'll get this now. So we'll get news that trickles out from it. And also, mm-hmm. Europe gets it a week before us, too, I think on the 23rd. So, correct. Hey, if, if you, if you want to sit back and wait and, and kind of gauge whether or not this is a thing for you, hey, man, if you're already a, a PlayStation Plus premium member, you're going to get it anyway. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's a nice little perk for you. <laughs> I just saw chat where Acid Sugar said Stadia. What's that? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, phone, Chris. That's how you do news, man. That's how you do news, dog. Yeah, you keep it short, keep it sweet. You know, that way we have more time for whatever comes after this, which I think is when we. I think it's when we wrap it up. Uh, never. Just to be safe. Electronic mail from the future.
Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the part of the show known as emails. Uh, our official inbox is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. So if you want to be just like, I don't know who to pick here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess I'll read both of his ones that he has on here, by the way. Okay, that'll work. Uh, like Thorne and says, uh, Tile Disquidditch Champions, Dear WGC Crew. Today, I started playing Quidditch Champions, and it's very fun. I can recommend. I can't say too much because it's in closed beta under an NDA. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. JK. Hey. <laughs> we got a guy. <laughs> uh, if Sean or, or one of you hears this and is not in and wants to join, probably Sean, because he's the Harry Potter guy. That hurts. Um, DM, <laughs> DM me on the discord. I am on the WGC server and can send an invite link. That's cool. Uh, and then he followed cool. up. He said, uh, come away from a correction. He said, uh, in the last episode, you read an email I sent that mentioned come from away. And John said it was in Iceland or Greenland, but is actually about a small town called Gander, Newfoundland. Canada. So John is dumb is the correct. John is so dumb. <laughs> also, I need I said the need of me uh that week when making a correction about Hamilton, I meant nerd. I'm not sure. Oh well, yeah, I think there okay. was something they didn't read right. Yeah, it read I didn't I didn't me. yeah, I didn't say uh the was it the founding father. Oh god. Yeah, you said a line. And he, he then said the need of me needs to Is correct it, you. It was the nerd in him. Yeah, it was like the $10 founding father. I can't remember what it is right now. I don't know. He said it right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this was just sent from his iPhone's iPhone, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right. I'll read. Uh, Sean, uh, I'll do you want to play Quidditch Champions? <laughs> I do, actually. I would like to, but I don't know when I would. So that's the only reason why. Yeah, you because you hate Harry Potter clearly. Uh, this email is from our friend uh, John Marcel and is titled "Question." <laughs> hey guys, hey. Uh, it has been way too long since I last emailed. I've been transitioning into a new job, so I missed a bunch of episodes. Mm. I finally caught up, and I really like the new format y'all are doing for the shows. Appreciate. I imagine y'all don't feel as burnt out either. Truth. Nope. Trying to find a new game every week must be tiring. Uh, yeah. Not for uh, me. By the way, by the way, yeah. Chris was always the king of that. I don't know how he does it, but he did it. But, like, yeah, it's, it is it is definitely steam. I think, we feel, I, feel, I think we feel better. <laughs> like, we have flip-flops on and, like, a button-up Hawaiian shirt, chilling, drinking a drink now. That's how chill we are. Like, it's it's good. I think it's good for everybody. Anyways. <laughs> I don't have a video game question, but it's more of a personal question for you guys. Oh. What kind of music do y'all like? All I know is Chris plays guitar and likes the Grateful Dead. Fair. Sean has DJ money. And I think I remember an episode where John said he doesn't like music. Also fair. That was me. That was, that was me. Uh, I personally love heavy metal. My hmm. favorite band is Rage Against the Machine. That's, not bad, sir. That's not uh, heavy metal. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> followed by a band that makes songs about horror movies 
called Ice Nine Kills. Oh, okay. That might be heavy metal. Chris doesn't know. Mm. And a new band from Australia called The Gloom and the Corner. Mm. Let's let, Do we want to read the whole thing and then talk about music? Because there's another question, I think. We, we can do that. We're pros. Okay. okay. Also, to make this video game related, what game do you think has the best music? Personally, I think Zelda has the best music, but I also love the music from the original Halo trilogy. As always, keep up the great work. John Marcel, sent from my new work phone from Spectrum. <laughs> I'm sure uh, so, I'm sure Asim will <laughs> love that. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, what kind of, if you had to say what, what your favorite music is, what would you say? Um, I think... John can attest this. I'm very eclectic. I'm I'm very far out there. Sure, I love Grateful Dead, and I love that's probably the music I enjoy playing personally, just because it is so free spirited of how you can play around and just jam with something. Um, that's what's fun about that. But you know, uh, as far as probably the biggest ones, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. Um, I was a huge Rage Against the Machine fan back in the day. I really like. Uh, everyone knows I like John Mayer in general because I'm a big blues dude. So um, also the Who, the Beatles, George Harrison solo stuff. I, I mean, a lot of indie stuff. Bon Iver, Animal Collective, Postal Service. I don't know. There's there's too many things to list. Uh, but yeah. yeah, those are just a few. And and believe it or not, that's a connection, and we've kind of hinted at that before that Chris and I. I don't even know if we meant to do it, but it happened. We started talking musically, and then and then he would kind of know what I liked and feed me some stuff. Uh, for example, he just said Postal Service. Uh, totally not a thing anymore, except for when they go on tour to make more money every now and again like they're doing right now. But that album, that band, that sound, phenomenal. Mm. I, I really like EDM music, right? There's a mm. group I like called Adventure Club. Love them. But then I can also throw on some 90s hip-hop. Early yeah. 2000 hip hop, uh, and rock out if you catch me in the right mood. I'm Outcast. playing country music in the car, you know what I'm saying? And then at the beginning of the show, I went to a Taylor Swift concert and was actively singing and having fun. So that's the thing that I'm so thankful for my mom back in the day, raising me to just play in like any music that's on the radio. And she would play anything from a, a 70s and yeah, 70s rock band called Boston. Um, and then I would also listen to like John Michael Montgomery, uh, whether, or, you know, Garth Brooks back in the day, all the, all that stuff. So, and then she'd let me listen to whatever I wanted to. Uh, but Chris, what do you think the best, uh, music from a video game is? Um, that's hard before I do that. I have one admission that because you brought up hip hop, I have to say outcast, outcast, outcast. I love Outcast, <laughs> but uh, uh, as far as in there, I think the two best themes ever made in music are Halo's main theme and probably the Ezio family theme from Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, as far as a full game score, I really do love Witcher 3 soundtrack. I think it's it's very good. I think it builds. I'm also a big fan of the Mass Effect soundtrack that kind of like 70s sci-fi uh theme that goes on with it i really enjoy that um 
but yeah, that's that's probably like if you're looking for a song, Halo or Ezio, and then those are two games as far as full suites, as far as like listening to everything. I I, I like the way you answered that. So I when I as soon as I read this, I was like, oh man, I agree, and I agree with the Zelda part. But hear me out mm-hmm. on my YouTube channel. All I got to do is type in Zelda, and Lo-Fi comes up after it. And there's a there's a, a an artist I listen to a lot, uh, and he's got the Zelda Lo-Fi, and he's made like two volumes. Uh, I think it's Zelda and Chill. Let me make sure I pull it up right. Yeah, the art the person who puts it out is called Game Chops. So and- now he's all the way up to a trilogy, or they're up to a trilogy. And each listen is like forty minutes or so. So good. I love mm-hmm. lo-fi to music, chill music. Um, I mentioned earlier, this will kind of let you know things that I like, like the Metroid Prime music. Also, I, I'm remembering Tunix music being really good. Yeah, that was a good soundtrack. That vibe, and, uh, uh, cyberpunk. <sighs> cyberpunk, dog. Yeah. Jamming. But I also can get down with something super adventurous and epic. Final Fantasy on uh, 14 Online, for example. Final Fantasy 16. The way they score those those games, World of Warcraft. Are you was, kidding me? I was about to I say. Could go, I was like, I could yes, go into a uh, yes, Mike. Final Fantasy is in the conversation of best soundtracks. There, you happy? Yeah, no, it, stop, it definitely is. It definitely stop throwing is. things at the wall, Mike. Calm down. Come off the ledge. It's okay. Is he? Oh, he, yeah. He might be listening. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but like, yeah. It's to me, and I will never, I will never underestimate or undervalue the importance of a good soundtrack to a video game. I really think it can hurt a video game, uh, but it also most certainly enhances it. Yeah. Uh, As always, John, great question, and I personally feel like you get a job every email. Oh, like a new job because he was T-Mobile guy. Remember? That's right. That's right. (laughs) I hope he's working for like. Hope you settle down soon, sir. Uh, but now he's working for Mint Mobile. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we have Ben, your mother Hawkins, who, uh, aka Mr. Gamer One, uh, who says, what's up, WGC? What's up? I've been playing Hades, Kingdom, Nothing Last, uh, and uh, Disfigure. I love Hades, but after getting to the top, I was disappointed that I had to do it more and more and more. I really wanted to complete the story, but I don't want to play it forever. Is it worth it to complete the story? Did you all complete the story? If you mean complete the story, I mean, I beat Hades. So if there's more after that, no, (laughs) I did not. Uh, But, you know, there you go. Uh, Also, since my last email, I finished Jedi Fallen Order and almost all the achievements. I plan on going back and completing the achievements. Uh, also, Grand Strategy Games. What are your all thoughts? My friend loves Grand Strategy Games and bought me Hearts of Iron 4, and I'm trying to learn. But I think it would be easier to run a real country than play this game. Regardless, I'm going to give it a shot. Truly yours, Ben, your mother Hawkins, a.k.a. Mr. Gamer1. Nice. Yeah. Chris, what's a grand strategy game? I believe he's talking about like here, like, so for instance, uh, man, what was the one that was really big last year? The Age year of Empires? No, not Age of Civilization? Empires. Civilization? <laughs> That'd be closer. But um, 
Oh, I can. Hey, I can just rem- Google it, man. Let's not wreck your brain, dog. It's on Game Pass on PC. Um, man, like IGN gave it a ten too. Jeez. Uh, uh, hey, man, it's okay. Hey, let me see if I can just pull it up here and just keep Dolores. Talking. No, Crusader Kings. That's it. Yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah, Crusader King. So, like, that's, like, where you have your leader of a country, right? And you kind of, like, start it. And usually you're kind of expanding out and building all the different parts as far as, like, how you handle interactions between other nations, how you interact between different provinces and, like, balancing all their problems. You have to go in, like, you know, if you go to war, how are you financing the war? How are you doing all these kinds of things? It's that kind of strategy game. Um, so not just like to the level of say something like, you know, FTL where you're just strategy trying to get your ship from one part of the galaxy to another, and you've got to make decisions as far as where you go. It's like, no, it's, it's really being a leader in a way. Um, I don't mind those types of games. Sometimes there's a really good one called democracy for that kind of stuff where it's like, basically you're put in charge of a government and you get to choose what kind of leader you're going to be. So like, you know, wait, fable. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even more so like the true similar of it, like where, you know, like say it's, you get elected president of the United States and you want to do certain things, right? Like, well, how do you make those, how do you spend political capital? Right. Basically. And what's the cause and effect? Like if you're a person who goes, man, I want really high tariffs and all that. Well, your business might take a problem with that on the other hand, if you want to be the, hardcore Republicans say, no, man, taxation is theft. All of a sudden you might not be able to pay for those public roads and for that education and for say social security. Right. Um, all that kind of stuff is interesting and it's, um, it's fun to balance all that. So that's the one I kind of think of that's in my wheelhouse that I really like, but it's definitely gotta be the right one and the right time because they do take a lot of time to understand all the intricacies. If you want to really get into those. I don't think it would be your kind of game, Sean. I yeah, uh, I I, think I know the reason I don't know what a grand <laughs> yeah. strategy game is. <laughs> Fair, for Fair. sure. Uh, it's like I know Sean. Sean wants to go <laughs> shoot the thing and not die ninety five times in the process because it's truth. <laughs> a little challenge, but you know, yeah. Uh, two or I'll, three. I'll okay. save Alejandro for you. How about that? Okay. Does that work? Okay. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Alejandro, I know was was with us. In yeah, the I think he said he was going to work. Break. Yeah, cool. All right, this one's called Spider Mario, and Ooh. we know why you titled it that. And this is from, uh, we'll just say, uh, it doesn't really say from. It says at the beginning. Uh, well, it's sent from the Filthy Pipes Kingdom, Sean. Truth. It says, uh, "Hello, WGC crew. That's us, Chris. Hey. Hello. Hey." Uh, I'm sure you're all feeling the Spider-Man hype this week. We got two AAA titles dropping. Mario Wonder looks exciting and new. Mm -hmm. Would you consider Spider-Man a classic gaming title? Many different Spider-Man games have dropped throughout the decades, but none were as impactful as Insomniacs. Chris didn't agree with that 100%. Just saying. Looking back, do you have any fond memories of a Spider-Man game? The PS1 Spider-Man game will always hold a special place in my heart. Never soft crawled so Insomniac could run. Hmm. 
fighting Venom for the first time and chasing him through the terrible swinging mechanics is unforgettable. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing another banger episode from the greatest podcast. Sorry, the greatest gaming podcast ever. And like Chris said, this was sent from the Filthy Pipes Kingdom. Good email, Zikri. Uh, Chris, uh, you're definitely Team Spider-Man as far as the purchase this week. Sure. I don't know which one I'm getting first, to be honest. I've kind of remained quiet about that. DJ Money. Uh, no, I, but uh, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> you had a gig last night. You can afford both. I, Buy them now. I did, and you're right. Also, uh, you kind of made a noise about the Spider-Man game. So what do you do you think it's a classic gaming title? And uh, do you also have a memory of a previous Spider-Man game that wasn't Insomniac's version? I definitely think it's the longest serving successful of them, right? Like, because really, even though, you know, we've had the Arkham series and that's been around for a minute, right? Like really until you got to Arkham, there isn't necessarily a great Batman game that I'm aware of uh, that, you know, like I remember trying to play Batman Returns way back and throwing my controller and moving on very quickly as a young child. Um, but you know, Spider-Man to his point, like, yeah, when Spider-Man one and Spider-Man two came out and supported the movies, like that just felt, and this is why I went, was mainly the line where he says, um, he says none were as impactful as Insomniac. I think I would agree with him. Insomniac has made the best Spider-Man game, but I would say that equally as impactful was Spider-Man one and two when it came out, because they actually were solid games that were fun and were interesting to play and like gave you the opening, you know, the thing that they had to nail that insomniac had to nail when they released that first game was it had to at least remind you back to why you enjoyed those two games, which was swinging through New York city, right? That was the best parts of them. Um, and there was a couple of others after that. There's one that is based off of Ultimate Spider-Man where it's more animated, right? And that was really cool. And then there are some disasters too. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, cannot wait. And I did not realize this, Sean. Mario Wonder is the first 2D true Mario game since Super Mario Bros. 2, new Super Mario Bros. 2, which was released 11 years ago. Insane that that's been 11 years ago, by the way. Right. Insane. Last email, Chris. It's all yours. Ah, uh, this is Alejandro, as always. And he called Boo Reboots. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, in last week's episode, you discussed Assassin's Creed Mirage, and your enthusiasm was, shall we say, semi flaccid. Ooh. Ubisoft has boasted that Mirage is a reboot of the Assassin's Creed series that returns to its roots while keeping the best parts of the newer entries. And yet, Mirage's Metacritic score is significantly lower than those of Odyssey and Valhalla. I understand the appeal of remasters, but why do studios keep doing reboots? Have Saints Row and Mass Effect and Dramna taught us nothing? Sure, there's the benefit of name recognition, but does that outweigh the expectations and comparisons? Would Assassin's Creed Mirage be more successful if Ubisoft released it as Stabby Stabby Man from Baghdad? <laughs> Love <laughs> to hear your game. thoughts. Piercingly <laughs> yours, Alejandro, sent from my hiding place within a haystack. Classic, right? 
Um, I don't know. You want me to go or you? You can go ahead and go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I would say I, I agree with you. Like as far as things being tried to be rebooted and, and all that, right? Like you shouldn't necessarily go backwards. You should always think about if you're going to go backwards, you should be looking at to say, why did something work and would it still work? And then where, if it, the parts where it wouldn't work, what do we have that solve those problems versus what haven't we tried? And do we think it could, could work here? Right. The honest truth is with Mirage, I think it was originally made truly as an expansion. And I think the goal was to release it last year. And because it's set in Baghdad, right. About 300 years before the original game, it's probably the one setting that could generally feel as close to the original game. Last year was the 15th anniversary of the release of Assassin's Creed. I think that's why they made that game in that style. Honestly, I don't care what their marketing has said that they wanted to relaunch and do all these other things. Like, no, I think the goal and you can see it as you play it. It plays very much like an Assassin's Creed one tribute. Um, and that's fine for something that's a DLC for 15-year anniversary. I don't know if it's good when it's its own standalone product, and that's why I think you're seeing a little bit more criticism in a way that's damning, right? Because you did put this on a box. You did give it its own name, um, and people are going to be more critical in that instance. So, Yeah, and I mean, but listen, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who hasn't played the newer Assassin's Creed games and so the marketing of this new game was I paid attention to, and and I heard, yeah, man, this is gonna feel like the the old Assassin's Creeds, uh, and there was a lot of people hype about that. And myself, I'm kind of still in the quote old Assassin's Creeds games. I'm I'm on uh, mm-hmm. Revelations, and anyway, I'm thinking, cool, you know, I love these games. Um, all I hear about the new games is like some of them are good and some of them are not. So anyway. Yeah, I buy into the hype. I buy it, and and something's just off. I don't know how to explain what it is. Maybe I need to play it more. Maybe I'll like it more. Mm-hmm. But the, I I do think the enthusiasm that you heard from us was what it was at the time of that recording. Because John hadn't really got into it a lot. Me and John were about the same, if you recall. Chris had a little more time into it, but he was already kind of seeing w- hints of what his his Richard he gave today was, which was a seven point five. So. I don't know. Uh, It's it's weird. I wanted, and I hope this game doesn't mess up the series. I don't think it is. Uh, I think the series can almost survive anything. Almost anything. It's such a popular series. Mm. I wanted it to do good for Ubisoft because I I personally think we need Ubisoft in the gaming world to keep making games like Assassin's Creed and and other things. Uh, So we'll see. Um, But again, I laughed at your email ahead of time. And stabby stabby man from Baghdad. I mean, can we? I really hope like, like, like one of those seriously shovelware companies on Steam releases stabby stabby right, man. Like somebody from hears it and go, well, we got to make stabby stabby man from a Baghdad. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic, Alejandro! He, you never disappoint, sir. He jumps in the snow pile or sand piles instead of bales of hay. <laughs> right. Oh, oh some good God. stuff. Oh, God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we also sometimes, when we have them, read emails from our Discord. Uh, did, did we did we read this last week? 
I don't know. I can't see it. <laughs> oh no, this is this is good. This is fine. Okay. <laughs> so funny. Punkhead says 101723. Start reading new Discord emails from here at DJ Haygood. Thank you so much. Uh so it's a picture of uh it's how do I say it? Mm. I'm gonna say it's not what you think. So it's a picture of Donald Trump sitting in a courtroom. And next to Donald Trump, someone's got a laptop. And this is what the email is is about. So it says the laptop in question looks like it could be the ROG Strix G17 uh, G712 model. Originally released in 2021, it sports a 17-inch screen, an RTX 2070 Super GPU, <laughs> 2.3 gigs of, uh, I'm sorry, gigahertz Intel i7, 16 gigs of DDR4 memory, and of course, an RGB keyboard and light bar with Asus's Aurora Sync. It currently sells for about $1,700. Dang. Haba did not immediately respond to a request for comment about what the exact model of the laptop was, how often she games on it, so that would have been who the person was, Mm -hmm. or if Trump has ever watched her play on it. (laughs) So that spawned these questions from Punkhead. What kind of games do you think they would play? Maybe Trump would play Roller Coaster Tycoon or Skyscraper Simulator? Haba may be playing Capcom's Ace Attorney because that's the attorney. That's funny. So if you haven't seen this, navigate over to the email section of our Discord channel. You can see the picture (laughs) where Trump's sitting there with his attorney. She's got the Asus laptop and the question of what games do you think they would play? Um, I think Trump would play either Roller Coaster Tycoon's a good one. Uh, And I I mentioned Age of Empires or, or something like that. Maybe um, he would be she, the one who's hardcore into the uh, stra- general strategy uh, <laughs> right. type of games. And now she's an attorney, so you would think she'd play Ace Attorney. Uh, who knows? She might end up just like she might like Assassin's Creed or something. Just be completely off the rails. Uh, and then as we're talking today, old man Draven uh, sends us an Undertaker gif of. It's a gif of the Undertaker raising up out of a coffin. I love it. Punkhead says she um, plays CSGO. That's funny. That's so funny. You imagine if she's like legit. Uh, we're going to pivot over to our, our X handle, formerly, former, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at Weekly Ugh. Game Chat. We do have a DM, Chris. Oh. Uh, so this is from uh, at Tony X Trotter. It says, what's up, guys? Hey. Been a while since I wrote in. Woohoo. Started working a new job in insurance over the last few months and after two years in a foundry job doing dirty work. So I haven't been able to listen to the show while working anymore, which sucks. But fortunately, I really have been enjoying it. Recently, I found more time and other things throughout the day to catch up with you, Richards. Video game wise, I finally started playing Jedi Survivor on the PS5. After the recent patch, greatly improved the performance. And I loved it so much. I went and got the platinum. First of all, grats on the platinum. Second of all, we did. Was it not playing good, Chris? Did it need a patch? Uh, Jedi. Yeah. The, oh yeah, that was a big thing. I mean, it was wow. Yeah, that was one of the things that the community kind of backlashed against. You Chris. know who would know that? Me, if I'd played it. Thanks a lot, Sean. But Jedi now you can. Fan, you are. Uh, now looking forward to Assassin's Creed to hold me over until 2023 Game of the Year winner. Spider-Man 2 drops. That's funny. Ah. Uh, 
had that thing had that thing pre-ordered since the first day it was available. Did you wow. pre-order it, Chris? I did yesterday when the reviews came out. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah. Uh, my question for y'all is: Do any of you have one platinum in particular you're most proud of? Mm. For me, Spider-Man One was my first, but Ghost of Tsushima might be my favorite plat. Thanks for your hours of entertainment. Love you guys' show. Hey, uh, Tone, thank you for that DM, man. You slid into the DMs. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's my most recent platinum. I'll be real quick. It's Final Fantasy 16 because that I platinum a Final work. Fantasy game. What's up? Yeah, that required Chris, work. you got one? Um, I think for me, it would probably be the one we did together uh, way back. Um, dang it. Not Res, but what's it called? By House Marquee, where we were shooting things, we shot things, and like there were bullet storm waves that we had to do. It was like my first platinum, I think, and I was the TARDIS, the Doctor. Oh, uh, Rezo Gun, Rezo Gun, that's it. Yeah, Rezo Gun yeah. that required some skill to get that. That was fun, man. It was. That was fun. Uh, we did get a mention back on the eighth on uh on twitter and this says this was two two-thirds of the weekly games chat i'm, I'm assuming he means listening audience mm -hmm. uh it's a retweet from uh at rtr news and it says hashtag alabama defense and it's alabama sacking texas a&m quarterback max johnson and his tweet to us is simply roll tide roll i like that so i'm gonna like that of course i would right uh, but just a reminder, if you do want to uh, slide into our DMs or mention us mm. in anything, you can do. Uh, we're on Twitter at Weekly Game Chat, so boom goes the dynamite. Um, just trademark Stabby Staff Man from Baghdad. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, and Craig, hey, what's up? That uh, Alejandro just getting off work. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. Oh, Chris, we did yeah. it, man. Uh, as always, a very efficient program, you know. Uh, clocking in probably just under two hours of, of game time when it's all said and done, but it is Fair. what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 422 of Weekly Games Chat. Just a reminder, wherever you download our show, if you can leave us a, a, you know, a nice, kind word, it'll help other people find us. The community grows, and in the end, we all win. Speaking of community, we're over on Discord, so check us out there. Shout out to everybody on Twitch.tv who watched us uh, do this show live today. Uh, if you want to do that, you can. Uh, if you want to write into us, our official inbox is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. And we uh, we just talked about Twitter, a.k.a. X. We're at Weekly Games Chat there. So, hey, what have you guys been playing? We want to know. Uh, and we all hope you have a great rest of your week. Halloween is coming up, so that's going to be fun. Normally, I look over at John and Chris, and I say game on to both of them. But John's not there. It's just Chris. So, Chris, game on, buddy. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Ed, game on, John, wherever you are. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box, Thug Lab. <laughs> <laughs>